Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode in Her Space, your bedroom should be for sleep and sex. That's it. What about eating snacks? None of it. None of it. None of it, right? Girl, you ever been to a hotel that has bomb ass sheets and pillows where you're tempted to take that shit on with you? Like, let me pack this shit in my suitcase. That is, I've never slept the way that I, like, I'm trying to save up my coin so I can get that kind of, you know, mattress and bedding and all that at some point in life. But girl, when I sleep in some of these hotels, like it is the best sleep of my life. Like I could close the blinds and just stay asleep for hours. Yes. And hotels know this. And so they invest in that, right? To make sure that one. Welcome to Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Welcome to season three of the Her Space podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for being here. You could be anywhere in the world right now. You could be listening to any other podcast, but you decided to be here and Dom and I appreciate you. If you have tuned into the podcast before, Thank you so much for coming back and joining us. I'm glad we didn't scare you away. And I do want to let you know, if you are trying to figure out what podcast episode you should listen to next, you got to check out our episode from season two about anxiety. It's episode eight and it's called, Is This What Anxiety Looks Like? This is one of our most popular episodes right now. And we talk about ways to address anxiety and why black women have higher anxiety than others. So you definitely want to check that out. And without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. Thinking about anxiety ties perfectly into this week's episode. So our quote of the day. The only time I have problems is when I sleep. And that comes from the late, great Tupac Shakur. One more time. The only time I have problems is when I sleep. Now, T. When you hear that, what does that mean? The only time I have problems is when I sleep. I don't know, Dom. This is a tricky one because when you shared it, I was like, what? What does he mean? What is he talking about? But I feel like it's Tupac. So we got to get dig deep. We got to go to the next level. We got to think abstract, right? We got to go outside of the box. And so I'm thinking, I mean, he was faced with a lot in his life, right? So maybe it's because of nightmares, right? Maybe it's because of the things he's battling with. I don't know. I think sleep is like a lovely time. I love sleep. I love to be, I love taking naps. Like I love sleep. So I, 
I'm having a hard time understanding what it means, but I would love to hear your perspective. I think you were right on it when you said that if we think about his life and think about what he was going through, that sleep was the only time he had problems, probably because like a lot of us, he dealt with anxiety, dealt with stress, dealt with depression. And oftentimes that manifests itself in our sleep, Mm. especially if we're not dealing with it in our day to day life. Mm. And then we add on top of that, you know, if someone is dealing with trauma, sometimes trauma may present itself as nightmares or night terror disorder or flashbacks in their sleep. And so there's a multitude of reasons why he might have been having sleep issues. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. I'm like processing what you said, like, oh, okay. So I guess what that makes me think of is our relationship with sleep. Like, I'll talk about my relationship. I I think I have a good relationship with sleep. I really don't track my, I don't track the amount of time that I'm asleep. I just go to sleep when I'm tired. If I feel the urge to take a nap, I take naps. But I know that I don't function well without sleep. Some people are like, oh, I, I only need a couple hours. Uh-uh, I need, I don't know how many I need, honestly. I just know that my body, I just, when I'm asleep, I listen to my body. When my body says it's time to go to sleep, when my body says I'm tired, I typically try to go to sleep and I'm a light sleeper. No, wait, am I a light sleeper? <laughs> no, it depends. Well, let's think about this. Do you have a general time frame in which you fall asleep at night? Honestly, not really. I don't really think about it. I feel like sometimes it'll be 10. Sometimes when I'm trying to work on something. It might be midnight. It just depends on what I'm doing in life. But I usually feel like I get enough sleep. I'm not usually tired. What time do you usually wake up in the morning? Well, lately I've been doing a little workout routine, so I've been up a little early, maybe around like, damn, I'm just, I, I don't know. Don't I feel like, what, what is my life? What do I, I feel like I don't pay attention to this part of my life, so I really don't know. Like, I don't have a consistent time. Lately, I've been trying to get up around between 536. That does not happen every day, so don't think I'm great for getting up early because that does not happen often, but Maybe seven to eight. I don't know. So if you go to bed at, let's say you have a night where you were up late Mm -hmm. and you went to bed around like midnight, 1 a.m., what time would you generally wake up in the morning? Let's say eight. So you don't have sleep issues or you're not concerned about sleep because you're one of the rare people who is getting the recommended amount of sleep a night. Mm. So what we know is that what medical professionals and what mental health professionals know is that six to eight hours is what is generally recommended for adults. I was just going to say, maybe, maybe I'm taking, I wouldn't say taking my sleep for granted, but maybe I am. Maybe I am taking my sleep for granted. Maybe that's not something that I think about because it's not an issue for me. I know that there are some people who can't fall asleep at night, right? 
And I think for me, I don't really, I don't think I have a problem falling asleep. If I'm tired, I could be on the plane. I can be in the backseat of like my car, like, you know, no, I wouldn't say Uber. I don't fall asleep in Ubers because you never know where you might end up Right, just saying. But I don't really have a problem falling asleep. And so I, I don't think it's something I give much thought to, which is why I'm kind of like stumbling. Like, I, I don't know. I never thought about that because it isn't. So I'd love to learn more about, I don't know what we can, what advice we can give people that may be struggling. Maybe I can give some advice on what I do. Well, I mean, I think that's a good point because like I said, you're one of the rare people mm-hmm. who gets the recommended amount of sleep. And so that's why it's not necessarily on your radar. Mm. If you're someone who's not getting enough sleep, oh, you are fully aware of it. Okay. Like you are fully aware that you're tired. Either you're waking up groggy Mm. and at night they may even have difficulty, difficulty falling asleep. Mm. We also have people who can fall asleep, but maybe have difficulty staying asleep. There's lots of different causes for that. And we can kind of dive in and talk about some of those. But I think the biggest thing that I want to stress for us or want us to take time to kind of look at and evaluate in our own lives is what is our relationship with sleep? So what Multiple recent studies have shown within the last four to five years, there's been a lot of research on the connection between sleep, sleep disorders and race. And what and we'll have the links to the research in the show notes. But one of the things that the National Sleep Foundation has found from their research is that Most African-Americans, that means you, lady, are not getting enough sleep at night. Most African-Americans are getting fewer than six hours of sleep a night, experiencing sleep apnea, have poor sleep quality, and have daytime sleepiness. And we're experiencing this on average, less than white people. We're also getting, on average, almost a whole hour less sleep than white people. Now, why is that? I think that we can think about it from like a historical perspective Mm -hmm. and a cultural perspective. So... We know that just as a people, we experience a lot of trauma, a lot of day-to-day stressors, and those things will keep us awake at night. If you live, let's say that you live in an environment that's not safe, you're not going to get enough sleep because you're focused on your safety. Let's say that you have an extremely stressful job. You're not getting enough sleep because you're worried about your performance on your job. Let's say that you're a graduate student. Let's say that you're a professional trying to excel in your field. Chances are you're not getting enough sleep because you're trying to excel. You're trying to make sure that that thesis, that dissertation is done. 
that you're passing your comprehensive exams, that you're submitting the next the next document, the next you're doing the next presentation, whatever it is, whatever milestone you're expected to achieve, you're focused on doing that. And because we know that the stakes are higher for us as African-Americans, we're putting more pressure on ourselves. The more pressure we're putting on ourselves to excel, for a lot of us, that means that the first thing to go is our sleep. Now that you said that, it made me think about the fact that I've been sleeping well as like recently, but I noticed that when I'm stressed, when I have anxiety, there have been times the other night I just moved. And so the other night I was thinking about, I was up like kind of late, just literally my mind racing, like how, what should I get for this, uh, this, this room? And like, just thinking about different design ideas Mm -hmm. and just, I mean, it's not a stressor, but it's just something that my mind was really really into when I was trying to go to sleep. And so I think about different instances in life where I am experiencing a stressful period or I have something that's anxiety inducing coming up in life or whether it's a presentation or a difficult conversation. In those instances, it is kind of hard to go to sleep and my mind is just racing. And now, see, I don't think about this often, but now that you don't <laughs> think about it, I've come up with some things. And so I know for a fact that there have been times where I'm like, damn, I'm tired. I would love to go to sleep, but my mind is just busy, busy, busy. Sometimes it's in a creative space where it's like I'm thinking of ideas and things I want to do. And so there are some things that I've been doing that have helped me kind of come down, wind down and get ready for bed. I'm not sure if we're going to dive into that right now, but I do have some tips. Yes, we will get to that eventually. Mm -hmm. And I think one, but one of the things that you pointed out that I want us to also pay attention to is that. Our lack of sleep is not always because of bad stuff mm-hmm. or stressful things, yeah. right? You, like you said, like you're in a creative space and yeah. you're like so amped that you're like, oh, no, like I can't sleep because like I have 50 million ideas running through my brain mm-hmm. and I don't know how to slow it down so that I can rest. All right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned, get those promo codes, and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. Lady, as you know, this month is Women's History Month, and it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans, and it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories and using my own voice. Well, the next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama to the women behind the Montgomery bus boycott, 
there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. What I love most about Black stories, Black truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the Rich Black Auntie. It was good. Now, you know, Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Remember back when we would get ready for our first day of school and we got them fresh clothes, we got our hair did, and we're like, oh, I can't wait to see who my new friends are. Those nights were the toughest. Oh my gosh, I remember it like it was yesterday, Dom. Like my mom would pack our backpacks, our lunches, have our school supplies, like everything. It's like your first day and it's so... It's a, you have a lot of anxiety, but it's also very exciting. Those were the nights where I could not sleep at all. And I would wake up tired as a kid because you're so excited for this new experience. Oh, that brings back good memories. Yes. And see, it's like little things like that. Mm -hmm. And like for me, like I think back. I, you know, as you talked about, like the first day of school, like I thought about that. But then I also thought about even currently, usually if I'm taking a trip, and it's a trip for fun, like something I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. Usually that night before, I can't sleep. And so and now we'll we'll ignore the fact that I tend to be a last minute packer. And so part of why I might not be sleeping is because I'm up late packing yeah. and I'm one to pa- I'm one to like set an early morning flight. So I might have a flight at 6 a.m. and it's midnight and I'm still up packing. So I literally may only get a few hours sleep. Like, I guess when I do the math, that's like, what, three hours of sleep, which is absolutely horrible for your health. That is not something we should be doing on a regular basis. But I also know that even on those nights when I've, like, really been good and packed everything and I'm in bed at a decent time, I'm not, my body is not letting, my mind is not letting me sleep mm. because I'm so excited about this upcoming adventure. And so in those instances, no, it's not a bad thing that you're like to be excited and to like be, feel restless. But over time, if that is your sustained way of being, it's not sustainable, basically. You're going to experience health issues. So getting less than the recommended amount of sleep will eventually lead to health issues. So particularly for us as women, as black women, it can lead to weight gain. It can lead to heart disease, diabetes, and it plays an interconnected role in anxiety and depression. When I hear all of those things, I think, okay, maybe we need to be doing something about our sleep, right? 
And so, T, when you think about, because like you said at the beginning of the episode that you get your eight hours of sleep, can you think about anything that you do in particular that ensures that you get those eight hours? I would say that, let me see. I feel like I do a good job of setting boundaries and like prioritizing my sleep. I think that falls into the self-care aspect. And so for me, I'm kind of at a point now in my life finally where I do advocate for my needs. So if someone's trying to have this long conversation, I'm like, all right, it's getting late. I need to go to sleep. I'm vocal about that. I think also, even when sometimes I might have a, you know, my colleagues and I, we may travel somewhere and they're doing like a late night chat. And I'm like, all right, y'all, my energy is low. I need to go to sleep. I'll peace out, right? And let them know, like, I'll see y'all in the morning. So I think for me, just setting boundaries, that's been super key. And the other thing that I've done lately is having like a wind down routine. Now I will say, I feel like I'm struggling with routine in general. So I I say, oh, I'm going to get up at this time. I'm going to do this. I just be like, shit just don't be sticking with me, but I just, Mm -hmm. I do the best I can. I just show up and I'm like, yo, I'm going to try again tomorrow. So I don't really have a consistent routine outside of waking up, brushing my teeth and washing my face. Like everything else is just like, what are we doing today? Like it is what it is. Mm -hmm. But I think when going to sleep, there is like sometimes if 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 I'm very anxious, if I'm struggling with anxiety, I'll meditate. Okay. Meditation's key. Also deep breaths. Like there's a several apps you can use. And I find that when you take those deep breaths, by the time you get to like 10, 20, you're asleep and you wake up the next morning like, oh, I, I fell asleep. Right. So I think that taking a bath, lighting some candles, I mean, reading a book as well. So doing something other than being on my phone, I've learned that being on your phone late at night and doing something active isn't very good if you're trying to transition into sleep mode. And so I think doing something that's sort of relaxing eases me into that. And I see you smiling down. What's coming up for you? Because you're doing all the things that I normally tell people to do when they're having sleep issues. So that's why it's it, that's exactly why it's easy for you to get your eight hours. Mm-hmm. One of the things. So the first thing that I like to tell people is to create a space. Our bodies become conditioned to the spaces we create for them. Right. So. One of the things that I remember uh, when I lived in Texas, I and actually I had this one couch, this purple couch. And all my friends who know me know that I had a purple couch, right, all through grad school and through my years in Texas. And I would fall asleep on that couch all the time to the point that I conditioned my body that even if I wasn't trying to fall asleep, my body knew once you're in this certain position on this couch, is lights out, nap time. Interesting. And so you can create that same space, that same environment in your bedroom. What I like to tell folks is that your bedroom should be for sleep and sex. That's it. What about eating snacks? None of it. None (laughs) of it. None of it. Right. Okay. So if you're really trying to get good, have good sleep hygiene. And I know like it's hard, like especially if because one of the other tips and we'll have the tips all laid out for you on the show notes. But one of the other tips is to have a good mattress and good pillows Mm. because that that will affect your ability to stay asleep, to get good sleep. I know, you know, you you see all these advertisements for 
all these like high-end mattresses and all these high-end sheets, it makes a difference. Girl, you ever been to a hotel that has bomb-ass sheets and pillows where you're tempted to take that shit on with you? Like, let me pack this shit in my suitcase. That is, I've never slept the way that I, like, I'm trying to save up my coin so I can get that kind of, you know, mattress and bedding and all that at some point in life. But girl, when I sleep in some of these hotels, like it is the best sleep of my life. Like I could close the blinds and just stay asleep for hours. Yes. And hotels know this. And so they invest Mm -hmm. in that, right? To make sure that one, you get a good night's rest and two, that you keep coming back to their hotel. And so we should do that for ourselves. So your bedroom should be that inviting space for sleep. If you have the ability to do it, because I also recognize that depending on where you are, you might not have the space. Depending on your living situation, that might not be an option for you. So usually what I tell people is that at a minimum, your bed should only be for sleep and sex. So even if you have to have like a workstation in your bedroom or you have like a chair or, you know, you have other pieces of furniture in your room, your bed itself should be for sleep and sex. That way you condition your body that when you're in bed, it's for relaxation. I know that people like like myself, I like to read. If you're going to read in bed, one thing you mentioned earlier about relaxation So and not being having an active mind right before you're trying to go to sleep. So not being stimulated. So if I'm going to read before bed, I'm reading something that's relaxing me. I'm reading for pleasure. Research articles, chapters that I need to read for class. I'm not doing that right before bed because that interferes with my sleep. And don't be watching the first 48 before you go to sleep. (laughs) That's my show, but girl, I I find that when I watch stuff like that, I have nightmares. And I also do, I also want to speak to the fact that you might be in a space in life where you're on a tight budget. Maybe you can't get those bed sheets and that pillow. Maybe you just had a baby and your sleep pattern is like out of whack right now. Or maybe you're just in a space where you're, you're a single mom and you're just out there trying to do what you can for your kids. You're working two jobs. I personally, although I haven't experienced that, I just want to offer a little ounce of hope in saying that where you're at right now isn't going to last forever, right? I'm being hopeful and, and we're speaking this into existence that you will be in a space where you can prioritize and focus on your sleep. It ebbs and flows. And right? there are ways that even in the what feels like the most stressful, toughest mm-hmm. times, you can still prioritize sleep. So if you've got that new baby, you sleep when the baby sleeps, right? If you don't have the finances to buy the high-end mattress or buy the high-end sheets, Again, at a minimum, don't do anything else in your bed, though, so that you can train yourself to sleep when you're in bed. And so then once you've created that environment that stimulates sleep, then, like you mentioned, you have to have that relaxing bedtime routine. And I know some people, like you said, Routine doesn't work, right? That's okay. There should still, you should have like your toolbox of things that you'll do at night before you go to sleep. And so even if you don't do all of those things every single night, 
you do one or two of those things. So you had some good ideas, meditation, reading, bubble bath, prayer, whatever it is that is designed to calm you down. So again, no reading heavy brain stimulating text, no watching dramatic things on dramatic or traumatic things on television. Put your phones down. Facebook, Instagram, all of that can wait. Give yourself time. Put your phone down. Turn off those bright overhead lights. Turn the TV off too. So if you turn the TV off and give yourself a good 15 to 30 minutes to rest, to kind of just wind down, that'll get you set up for a good night's rest. I know that a lot of us, you know, when we talk about like being being achievers and setting goals, some of us like to review our to-do list for the next day. That's what's causing you to stay up at night because you're ruminating on all the things that you have to do the next day. Save that for first thing when you wake up. At night before you go to sleep, you reflect on the things that went well. Not the other stuff. The things that went well. The things that you are grateful for. So again, the goal is to put ourselves in a relaxing, peaceful mindset so that it's easier for us to fall asleep. It's easier for us to slow down. The other thing to think about, caffeine, alcohol. Do you use any of those things, Terry? So typically I don't. I don't do coffee or anything like that. I drink socially, but I'm not really a, a drinker. But lately I've been doing this workout routine where there are like caffeine pills that are like part of the supplement pack that I take. And so I haven't noticed anything, you know, mm-hmm. out of the ordinary with that. Everything's been good. But I'm also mindful like, oh, okay, I'm now taking caffeine. So I don't know if it's, I haven't really noticed anything just yet. But I can imagine that taking it often can cause some kind of issue when it comes to sleep. Well, what my suggestion would be is to pay attention to the time of day in which you're consuming your caffeine. I love coffee. I have to have coffee every single morning. And so, but I know that if I have coffee after 12 o'clock, chances are I'm going to be up much later than I want to be because my body isn't used to necessarily taking in high amounts of caffeine in the afternoon. Alcohol. Now we know that alcohol is a depressant. And so it's supposed to, for a lot of us, because we hear, oh, it's a depressant, that means it should make me fall asleep. Well, sure. And I know plenty of us that have stories of like, well, I don't like to drink red wine, girl, because red wine puts me to sleep. True indeed, it might. However, Consuming alcohol is not going to help you sleep throughout the night. It's not going to give you the quality sleep that you need. So if you consume a lot of alcohol before bed, you may wake up multiple times throughout the night. You may wake up the next morning with a hangover. So then all of that was for, for nothing because you didn't get the sleep that you were looking for. That's a good point. And I think about... You know, the National Sleep Foundation talks about how 
sleep is important, right? Obviously, people think that it's a time when your body shuts down, but it's really when your body's doing work. So that's when our body's repairing and restoring um, and it plays a critical role in our memory as well. Mm-hmm. And when I think about other things, like if you smoke weed before you go to sleep, for some people, it makes you feel a certain way in the morning. You feel groggy. Maybe you don't sleep as well. I know I've experienced that and I've had friends that experience that as well. If you smoke before you go to sleep, it's like I wake up and I just don't feel it's, I, I'm a little slower, you know, I might, you might still be high when you wake up, like whatever it is. Right. You know? There's lots of research out there. There's a growing body of research out now about that, about how, yeah, it, it might, weed may get you to sleep, but it's not going to keep you asleep and it's not going to give you the quality of sleep that you're looking for. Can we just say that you advocating for your rest, for your sleep, that is an act of self-care, right? It's a bold act of self-care. You deserve it. You need it to be your best self and to show up in the world the way that you were meant to show up, you know? And so I think it's really important for us to just advocate for our needs. We've talked about self-care in previous episodes. And so it's important for us to advocate for that and tell the people around us like, oh, it's it's my bedtime, right? I got to go to sleep and just kind of create routines around those in your life as well so that you can get what you need to be the best that you can be. I agree. And I think, you know, like I said, we'll have these sleep tips listed in our show notes. And I think one of the things, one of the reasons why we wanted to bring this up is to think about or to acknowledge that this month, month of July, is National Minority Mental Health Month. And we don't usually think about sleep in terms of its impact on our mental health. So we are fully aware of anxiety, depression, ADHD, bipolar, schizophrenia. We're aware of all those other disorders, but we don't think about insomnia, sleep apnea, night terror disorder. Those are things, narcolepsy, those are things that are related to our sleep. So that means that it is a part of our mental health. And so I just wanted to encourage us to use this month as we're thinking about, okay, it's a halfway point through the year. What are we going to do to finish out the year strong? One of the things we can do is make sure that we are getting enough sleep. Thanks for joining us today in Her Space. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health but it is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HerSpacePodcast. Or check out our website at herspacepodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I will not judge myself for where I'm starting. I'm making progress every day. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week, ladies.